This episode of the FS Podcast is brought to you by CBS All Access. Looking for a new streaming service to add so you can watch more stuff? Check out CBS All Access. Hit up infamouspodcast.com slash CBS and you can get a free one-week trial to CBS All Access and check out things like Star Trek Discovery, Picard, Survivor, um, you know, all the other cool stuff that CBS has to offer. Star Trek Discovery, I said that already. You should really watch that. Um, yeah, so hit up infamouspodcast.com slash CBS to learn more. Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is episode 238. I'm Brian. Daryl's with me. And today we inadvertently have an all Blomhouse podcast. Right, Daryl? Yep. And I, I heard um, somebody in the background saying, yep. Yeah, they can't hear her. So, <laughs> um, just, just let you know, we have, a, we have a cheerleader in the background yep, she's, barking away. She's, barking, she's, in the cone of, she's in the cone of shame right now, by the way. Oh, really? Uh, she has a little hot spot on her arm that she wouldn't stop, like, or on her leg that she wouldn't stop uh, picking at. So we had to cone uh, of shame her up. I'll send you a picture. She's <laughs> the none cone too, of shame. She has none too pleased. My puppy Toph is golden doodle and she's well past time that need to be groomed because of coronacation and yeah she's going in on monday so hopefully that'll make it all better but quick story uh when i had my boy cooper my cat in the, the cone of shame and he had a catheter for a urinary problem this was like five years ago this dude found a way to get out of the cone and remove the decatheter <laughs> or the catheter <laughs> like i woke up and i like it was like like he was in the bathroom, you know, because they let me t- bring him home, and everything was strewn about. I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> Gross. Uh, welcome to Pet Talk with Brian and Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> Every Saturday. <laughs> this week on the episode, we're talking about our pets. <laughs> and he's looking at me oh. like now, right? Like, um, did you tell him that story? <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you? <laughs> Anyway, all right. So uh, when I say we in- inadvertently came up with the Blomhouse, um, all Blomhouse podcast today, uh, we re- usually record on Thursdays. We're recording this on Saturday, so the day before it comes out. So uh, to our Patreon, Julian, at the Infamite level, hey, dude, sorry you didn't get your episode on Thursday. You'll get it as soon as we're done recording today um, <laughs> for the early, early release by less than 24 hours. Um, anyway... Uh, we were we were kind of sitting around like, what do we want to talk about this week? Last week there was like so much news, right? Like so much news happened. Right. This week, like nothing was happening. Plus, um, I don't think either one of us were really online very much this week. Um, so that that definitely had a part to play in it. Yeah, the biggest news was the Henry Cavill stuff, mm-hmm. which, like you said, technically he did not. Yeah, I don't think that's the news. He, of the, yeah, of Superman. Yeah, he did not go it's to just the a ring. Information, if anything. Yeah, he did not go to the ring and hand over the tights and cape and be like, "No, I'm, I'm good. I'm done." He's always um, said he's wanted to still yeah. do it. Anyway, so um, so we were kind of going back and forth, and then I just got this wild hair because I was looking at iTunes and The Invisible Man was like the number one movie and the haunt was like the number four movie and i hadn't seen either one of them and i really wanted to watch both of them and i texted daryl i was like why don't we talk about these two and you were all in so yeah we were talking about the 2020 invisible man movie and we were talking about the 2020 hunt both of which are considered blumhouse horror flicks um 
I love Blumhouse movies. I, I, I think, you know, it's uh, J- Jason Blum has like kind of changed the game for these these kind of lower budget movies that come out and just make a ton of money. Yeah, I was looking the like last night and looking at all these these smaller movies. Like, what is it? The the Insidious series, mm-hmm. uh, Sinister. There's there's another. What's another horror? Well, uh, oh, um, Paranormal Activity. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's good. a ton. I mean, there are. Uh, yeah. But and and you know, I mean, he's been around for a little while now, and like they're they're redoing like Halloween and and a bunch of stuff like that. Um get out get out did he do us yeah no oh uh, uh, yeah he did us he did whiplash he was a producer on whiplash yeah that was which the one that surprised the me the scariest whiplash. movie i've ever seen um <laughs> black klansman which is really really good spike lee um split split yeah so happy death day like all these yep. movies anyway so he's a he is producer extraordinaire if you will uh oh he did the sharp objects uh miniseries um, I didn't know HBO that with Amy Adams. Uh, that that's he. Oh, he did the Purge movies. That was the other big one. The Purge. That yep. was the other one. I was. And then uh, Upgrade. So, uh, we're gonna talk about the Invisible Man first. But one of the things that I was thinking about while I was watching these is these were both movies I wanted to see in the theater, right? Right. <laughs> and I'm just gonna. I'll, I'll preface. I, I really like both of these movies. I, I think. I think they're both very well done. Um, I would have infinitely enjoyed both of these better with the movie theater experience see for me well i, I would have to agree to uh because when i first watched when i watched both of them i watched the invisible man before you actually yeah. said i think i watched it last weekend and i really enjoyed it and i it, it's one of those movies because of and we'll talk a little bit more about like just the sound and the setting mm-hmm. just seeing it on the big screen from a movie pers- technical perspective, would have been even better. I think the tension that is built during that movie would have been much better in a yes. place where my wife couldn't keep coming in and be like, can you come look at this? No, I'm watching a movie. Leave me alone. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or you don't, and, I mean, you, you don't have that problem because you're unmarriable, but um, <laughs> wow. I'm kidding. <laughs> you're just picky and I haven't found the right woman yet or decided <laughs> no, you're but- the dudes. I don't know. <laughs> But no, to that point, like just movies in general. Yeah. Uh, it's like, and, and I, I remember reading someone was talking about that, how you can't pause it. Like if you got to go right. to the bathroom or step away. To step away for something like, oh crap, uh, you know, I got to get, get the food out of the oven or whatever. Right. You can't do that. You, it's. Right. And that's the that's one of the powers of the movie going experience is you're there and you're in uh and you're totally immersed in it, you know, right. providing some I idiots mean, aren't you know on their seen, phone or talking. We've seen probably like a hundred movies together at this point. Like how many times have you ever seen me get up and go to the bathroom? I know, right? Yeah. I only do it for if the that's the litmus test. If I don't like a movie, I'll get up and I'll go pee. Like, you know, it's like all right, great. I, I really don't it's like, oh God. Um, Age of extinction. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, what was it? Uh, the one with Tom Cruise. It was like the last one of the or Tom Hanks. It was the last one of the um, the um, Dan Brown novels. Um, Inferno. With, or Inferno. Or was it yeah. That? No, it was Inferno. Like I got up and peed okay. like three times during that movie. 
Like that movie was so bad. And I was, we were on a double date and I was pissing my wife and this other couple off because I kept calling the spots before they happened. Like, I'm like, Oh, she's about to turn on him. And they're both, they're all three looking at me like, what are you talking about? And then Felicity Huffman to her, Felicity Huffman, Felicity Jones turns on him. And, uh, and yeah, they're like, dude, thanks for ruining that. I'm like, whatever. This is the most, uh, <laughs> you know, stupidest movie I've ever seen. Uh, Anyway, obviously you didn't see the happening then. Oh no, I saw the happening. Um, like the happening needed to happen to the happening. Um, <laughs> it needed to just walk off of a building or cliff or bridge, whatever. I remember laughing so. out loud with that movie, watching that movie, mm-hmm. like in scenes that weren't supposed to be funny. I'm just, no, no, no. Like in the theater, I'm laughing out loud. It's like the trees. It's really the trees. <laughs> like really, <laughs> M Night. Really, um, <laughs> wow. You've fallen so far. Like, you know, you really shocked people with uh, The Sixth Sense, which I'm not a huge fan of. You know, Unbreakable is amazing. Um, You know, The Village was a really cool twist that we kind of saw coming, but was still really, really cool. Um, But, yeah, the trees did it. All right. Uh, Anyway, so getting into The Invisible Man. um, the The summary of this just kind of sets it right up. It says, after staging his own suicide, a crazed scientist uses his power to become invisible to stalk and terrorize his ex-girlfriend. When police refuse to believe her story, she decides to take matters into uh, into her own hands and fight back. Um, I, I told you, The Invisible Man is my favorite movie monster. Um, I don't know if you remember the sci-fi show with The Invisible Man. Yeah. Um, to this day, it's still one of my favorite shows. Uh, if you guys have not seen this, it's streaming on the NBC app. Uh, it's well worth watching. I mean, it's very nineties. It's a very nineties show. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But it's fun, and and it's it's a uh, it's a cool twist on the Invisible Man. Just like Wasn't that this, Quicksilver. Quicksilver. He, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He has a gland that. Yeah. It bends like this. Take on the Invisible Man might be my favorite version yet. Yeah, it's. I really really enjoyed this and. Like it starts the way it starts off is again when I before we were we start recording I, I mentioned the sound design and the way it starts you know it just throws you in the middle of things and it, the waves crashing against the rocks no music and just that wave crashing and and they do this a lot during the movie where there's no music and that adds to the tension which I it, think is just, super powerful yeah it'll just linger on a scene where it doesn't look like anything is there and. But you know something, or in this case, someone is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but I like that it doesn't really, like you said, the the summary gives you know gives you an idea of what's happening. But like just to drop you in the middle of her waking up, trying to sneak out, instead of giving you more like a five or ten minute backstory of what was going on in her relationship. They told now, us everything we needed to know yeah. before she even left the house exactly. about what was happening in that relationship, which was really cool. And it, yeah, it's it's one of those too too often times they tell you too much, and they this was one of those they showed they didn't have to tell. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 So, um, yeah, I I really like Elizabeth Moss. Um, I I think she's a really good actress. She she kind of crushed it on um the hands Handmaid's Tale, and you know I I know I haven't watched a lot of uh Mad Men. But from what I understand, she's 
one of the highlights oh, of that she, show. I forgot she's in that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Oliver Jackson Cohen, who is Adrian, her her boyfriend. Um, I don't remember seeing him in anything. I was looking at his IMDb a little bit ago. The only did movie... you watch Hill, Haunting Appeal House? I did not. So oh, okay. that's okay. part of it. And then he was in Faster with the Rock, which is like a horrible, awful movie um, that no one should be subjected to. Um, and then Aldous Hodge, I love. Um, he plays Voodoo, Voodoo Tatum, Ray Voodoo Tatum. Uh, MC you know, ran in uh, Straight Out of Compton. He was yep. in Leverage. Oh the yeah, Brian Banks movie, which I mm-hmm. haven't seen yet. No, I, I still remember him as Jake from the uh, season two of Supernatural. The yeah. last two episodes. Yep. And then Put uh, his fist through Sam's uh, stomach. He's got. He had a great Black Mirror episode. He was in the Black Museum episode. And then uh, he has the best of the Star Trek shorts, uh, Calypso, uh, which yes. bridges yes. the what happened to Discovery at the end of Discovery, which was really, really cool. Um, and he was really good in uh, the second Jack Reacher movie. But yeah, and then the show Leverage, right? That's what you were talking about? Yeah. Yeah, right. that was that was really that was a good one, too. Um, but yeah, so it, it's it's one of those things where. Like this is a good cast. This is a really good small cast who uh, they they put together and just kind of I, I I think I think it was it was just a really I'm trying to think of the right word. It was just a great ensemble that they had. Yeah. Here. Um but yeah. And then oh um his daughter. Um Storm Reed. Storm Reed. She plays. Uh, she's in uh, Euphoria as Zendaya's little sister, um, and she was in A Wrinkle in Time. Yeah, which I did not watch that one, but uh, I watched half. I went. Yeah, I couldn't get past the halfway mark yeah. on that one. Hey, Haley went to see it, and she came home, and she's like, "Yeah, no, this was. I, I did not care for this dad." Uh, <laughs> so it's like, all right, whatever. Um, you know. Anyway, but no, I, this was a. Oh, she's going to be in the new Suicide Squad. Storm Reed. It doesn't who say who. Playing? It doesn't say. Interesting. Uh, it's IMDb, so take that with a grain of salt. But uh, okay. uh, anyway, um, yeah. So the the tension in this movie, Elizabeth Moss looks like she's on the verge of a nervous breakdown the entire film, and I can't imagine how stressful this was for her to play Cecilia. Yeah, and that's a great point because I really, really saw that the second time around. I started last night and finished it this morning the second time. And I, I, I saw that she just – and the, the word that came to me was harried. Mm-hmm. She just oh, yeah. like, looked so frazzled and just like at her wits end. That's – yeah, think about like someone is like a sociopath controlling ass munch, to quote um, Castiel from supernatural another supernatural thing uh like to think he was out of it out of your life and then to know like like in her bones she knows he's not and but she can't prove it 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 was it's that's as good of horror without again uh, and it like as far as horror goes supernatural things like not the show but just like when you see you know ghosts and demons and stuff like that tend to be for me you know it's, sometimes it's funny, but mm-hmm. uh, every now and then a good one is is like really eerie. Yeah, this is on that level, even because I think it's because it's more personal. It's that personal relationship of 
her and, and again he is her monster he is absolutely a monster so like go back to like hollow man right the kevin bacon invisible man take right um it's a much larger cast it's it's a much bigger kind of story um and i think it gets lost in its own way in in a, in a lot of that film um and the fact that he gets like super rapey which is gross um you know and then this one it's like you said it's really personal it's it's her trying to get away from this guy who she doesn't even know what he can do. Right. Right. Like she has to drug him with diazepam and, and get away. And, you know, he still is able to like almost catch her and punches a hole, like and punches through the car window. Yeah. He goes straight up John crease and, you know, punches <laughs> that window. Uh, and then she honks his nose and he passed out. It was really, that was a really strange take. Um, you know, I thought that was weird. It's like, okay, I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still on board. He came running up and scared the shit out of me. And the best thing about that is you notice you never saw him. You just saw yeah. his arm. Um, and I think if they would have showed, we, we don't see Adrian's face into the last seven or eight minutes of the movie. Right. Well, well, we see when he's sleeping. Well, yeah, kind of, but it's still like it's dark. There's that shadow it, over. Oh, him. yeah. Are you talking but, about like, clearly? Yeah, yeah we yeah, don't absolutely. clearly see him until like the last 14, 15 minutes. What I think of the movie when, when, you know, um, should we spoil this? I mean, this uh, the summary it's spoiled it. You know, when it says yeah. after staging his own suicide, I didn't even think about that as I was reading that. Um, anyway, yeah, so. He's a sociopath who, uh, what does she call him? She, he's like a genius psycho, psych, psychopath. Yeah, because um, he's a groundbreaking leader, world leader in optics. Yeah, so he creates this suit, his super suit. Where is my super suit? I'm the greatest good you'll ever need. <laughs> That's my favorite line in that whole movie. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so he creates this suit that essentially refract or, you know, kind of changes what the human eye can see and you become invisible. Um, and it's covered in tiny little cameras and talking about sound design, the, that clicking sound of the cameras the that they would make when, when they would go online, um, to, yes. to become, to, you know, hide the wearer, uh, was the creepiest, like it made my skin crawl. In a good way. Yeah. So. And it was, yeah, the, the, everything, whoever was, you know, you know, the, the director of that, as far as the sound design goes, it's just amazing. Like I said, using silence movies to sometimes movies make the mistake of using music too much to build the tension and it's, and it gets a little dull. This one does great by using silence as well as using using the music in the right time mm -hmm. and so it doesn't because this is one of those things that you know if you like mysteries and dramas like this the use of music can make it really tiresome and uh almost predictable and, and cheese cheesy like mm -hmm. but it, this is such a good job of and like I said, taking pictures of or not taking pictures like the how the camera sometimes pans to to capture a larger section segment of the room mm -hmm. when 
you know, based on what you're seeing, it's not necessary. But and again, one of the things I was reading about, they were trying to figure out a way to make the Invisible Man a true character. Yeah. And that that's how they did it. And mm-hmm. it's it's great. And it's even though you know what's going on, it's still creepy at times where just think of like the times like when, when you're younger or something, you waking up and feeling like someone's watching you. Right. Or if you have a little kid, you know, that 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 second of fear when you wake up and then you notice they're two inches from your face. Um, <laughs> it, it's very similar to that. But yeah, it was like you're talking about how when, when they would pan out to the room and, and they were showing those corners. Right. They were always showing the corners and doors and corners. One of the things doors and corners. Thanks. Um, <laughs> thanks, Joe. Uh, anyway, um, when they would show the corners, like I, I, I found myself kind of longing for the uh, the Hitchcockian style of filmmaking that is a little bit lower um, so that we could feel like we were more in the room there. But mm-hmm. uh, or to like see the ground, because there were a lot of times you could tell he was in the room because there were footprints. Um, especially yeah. like on any carpeted floor. And I think because she was so hysterical, no one believed her. And I, I feel like it'd have been really cool for her to be like, he's right there. He's right there. And the audience can clearly see the footprints, but nobody else is paying attention to them. That would, yeah, that would have been. So, cause kind of like we're in on it, like, but the characters aren't, I really like that style of storytelling. Um, this was directed by Lee, uh, one I guess that's how you'd say it. Um, mm-hmm. he directed upgrade, which, um, yes, which I love such a underappreciated movie. I... It, it's, I'd say underrated for sure. Um, yeah, it's another great little horror movie. Um, you know, take a different take on, on the trope of mind control or AI. Um, yeah. you know, but yeah, I, by the this... way, they're doing a TV show with that. Really? Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know At how that'll work. At least it said on his IMDb is in pre-production. Okay. That's a good one. That's still on HBO Max for like another day. So if you guys <laughs> haven't seen that, you should check it out. Um, Yeah. The, the whole thing with, 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 with Cecilia or C as Aldous Hodge called her um, was really cool. I, I also liked the relationship between – um, Cecilia and Emily, uh, her sister, because you could tell Emily was just done with her bullshit by the fact that she showed up late to picking her up when she was trying to make her great escape. And I, and this is Harriet Dyer does a good job in this. Mm-hmm. I did not like Emily one bit. Well, you weren't supposed to. Yeah, and 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 again, and that's the a great point because. That's one of the things when we were talking about uh, what were we talking about like, like Battlestar Galactica or something? No, the hundred. Yeah. When I uh, said there are times where you're just not uh, supposed to like Clark. Clark, yeah. Sometimes I just want to wring her neck, yeah. but that's how people are. Like everybody, you're not going to like everybody. She didn't and, take any of what Cecilia was saying seriously. She didn't believe any of it. She thought she was overreacting. She she thought that she just needed to suck it up and enjoy having a rich boyfriend who was taking care of her and giving her whatever she wanted or needed or or whatever. And, and and if there was, you know, a little bit of quote unquote pain that goes along with it, then that's what she needed to deal with, which is not, that's not a good take, man. (laughs) No, not at all. 
And it, and the thing is, when Adrian starts doing his duty to separate her, to separate Cecilia mm-hmm. from her friends and family. Yep. From her life. How easy, Just from yeah, her how life. How easily yeah. Emily is duped by this, mm-hmm. you know, email she sends without asking first. And, and that tells you a lot about her character as yep. well. She just, she doesn't ask. She's like, what? Like somebody wrote me that email. I'm like, what the hell is going on with you? Right. Not just say, oh, so you think I'm this. So yeah, I'm like, gonna I'm gonna point. like call or be like show up. Be like, hey, what's what's going on? Especially like, considering you know what she's gone through. Yep. Yeah. So. So, I, but to your point, yeah, she you're not supposed to like her, and and again, everybody in life you're not gonna like. So. Well, I that, feel like that, the siblings in this movie, um, you know, Tom. Adrian's brother, yeah. like in Emily, were both kind of pieces of shit, and um, you know, like they were, they were definitely used to forward the story in an interesting way, right? And and of what happened to each of them was also very interesting. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think the scene with Emily um, was a little hokey. That is where, um, and if you have kids cover their ears, when I actually said out loud, I was like, come the fuck on. <laughs> I actually did. like, And I was pissed for like 10 minutes until the movie got me back. Because that scene was so stupid and so like absolutely unbelievable and unreal mm-hmm. that I like I almost checked out. So the way she, the way Cecilia does that like mirror scene later in the movie like he they should have done it like that where she he forced her to do it and yes. then put the knife in Cecilia's hand. Yeah. Right? Not oh, here's a floating knife. I'm going to slit her throat and then it just popped right in like her hand happened to be up. It was all <laughs> such weird circumstance, right? Yeah. Um and you made an excellent point. Nobody saw that. Yeah. In a restaurant, a crowded restaurant. Yeah. They're in the middle of the floor of the restaurant. Yeah. Someone would have seen that. Of course, the way she was treating that waiter, like I almost don't oh. feel bad for for what what Adrian did to her. And again, that she she was an absolute ass. Yeah, she like, was just her, a shithead. That's her character. Yeah, yeah. She was she was an entitled little brat who yeah. thought like you know whatever I'm doing is more important than what anyone else is doing, and you know you you saw like. I I thought I found it really interesting that Cecilia didn't really mourn Emily too much. No, she not really. Not not really at all. Like, and especially at the end when she she got out, you know, it wasn't like, oh, let me look back at all these people who got hurt during this. No, she just kind of went off with you know went on with her life. Um, her and her and James kind of you know walked off into the sunset platonically. Uh. Then Tom. So Tom was an interesting character. Tom Griffin, who was played by Michael Dorman, who is another one I'm not familiar with. Um, he, he was the brother in, um, I, and I remember him, in Daybreakers. Uh, oh, I didn't Hall. see that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it's a decent <sighs> vampire flick. Nothing to yeah. fuel. It, it's okay. Okay. So uh, He was a just slimy, greasy lawyer who, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, the minute... He's telling her, like, so, you know, she runs off. Um, so Cecilia runs away from Adrian. Adrian allegedly kills himself. And in his will, he leaves her $5 million. 
um, sets up a trust of $5 million for her. And so Tom is telling her about this. And the minute he said, as long as you don't commit any crimes, it's like, oh, they're totally going to frame her for something. Um, that sounds familiar. There was another show that on Netflix, hmm, what was that called? Tiger King? Yeah. Somebody about the will being changed. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but this wasn't a changed will, you know. Any, yeah, anywho, know. anywho. Um, but, you know, when he said that, it's like, oh, okay, I know where this is going now. But it went there in such a, an interesting way with her killing well, her being framed for killing Emily. But when he when he does that and then he shows up at the mentalist the mental asylum or the mental prison, whatever, um Arkham. He uh yeah. <laughs> By the way, it, do in mental hospital do do all the guards carry guns? I mean, is that Well, I think it's a prison. I, I don't think it I think it's like a whole Well even place. a prison, like real prisons, guards like when they're in with the inmates, they don't carry guns because well, as I've I've never been a prison guard or a prisoner, um, I'm not sure. <laughs> so, well, I mean, it, I mean, just because you can't take that chance of a prisoner getting a gun, right? But so, well, so. or or an invisible maniac, or yeah, <laughs> taking that over. scene was pretty. Dude, I, that I, I scene. Like that. Talk about a cool. Like, okay, we were talking about um, last week. We were talking about the the Batgirl fight scenes that were you know, or just the Nolan Batman knockoff fight scenes and stuff. Uh, the fight scene here was really, really interesting, and the way the gun was used, it wasn't just a, it wasn't always a floating gun, which right. um, was really cool. And the fact that she was able to damage the suit some, and and it it showed what was happening, um, was cool. And then the fact that he didn't kill everyone, I thought it, it made it it made it so much easier for for Cecilia to step back into her life because there were actual um witnesses witnesses to what was happening yeah oh absolutely and i thought that was a really nice touch i really did i i thought it it was it was it was a relatively sophisticated way of exonerating her um that we don't normally get normally it's like oh okay everything's back to normal we're fine now and it was no she they still thought she was crazy up until the point this happened and you know she she was able to get uh film of Adrian, you know, at the end, she was able to have witnesses say, Hey, this went down. Like we can't totally explain it, but we saw most of a dude shooting people. (laughs) 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 What? (laughs) He, he looked like a giant spider face. It was just covered in eyes. I, I don't know what was happening. All I know is he shot me in the knee and then smashed my head into the wall. Um, you know, he was walking away and just shot the other guy in the back, you know, was yeah. and it's and and I'm pretty sure that you know what, like it, it'll the government will come in. And it's like okay, we're requisitioning this suit for our purposes. Well, okay, well we'll but, get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, I I did like how like you know it just happened to be raining, which is fine. I have no issue with that. I think they're in San Francisco. It rains there a lot. Um, but she used the rain to her advantage, which was really really smart. Yes. Um, and she was an okay shot. I I did like that she was not a dead eye, right? She oh, yeah, she yeah, she that's... wasn't Floyd Lawton there. She was she was <laughs> able to she she missed she missed more than she hit. But you know the few shots she hit were good. And then when she she did get him back at James's Dinner house, mass, that's what they say. Yeah. yeah. 
So I will say the suit that suit, and again, most of the time he was on carpet, but there were a couple instances where it was on wood floors. And I'm thinking, does that suit have like just automatic muffling or something? Got the little little padding, I guess, in the feet. Uh, maybe he had on like Skechers or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, that's just one of those little things. He, he like has the, those those ninja shoes that have the big toe and the second the co- toes, toe yeah. cut out from the rest of the foot. He had those. Um, but yeah, I like I get that. Like, and I'm okay. Like, I can overlook that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, that's one of those things I just laugh at because again, you you're not gonna. I don't care what the how you know uh, much attention you pay to detail yeah there's going to be little things that you know for a movie's sake you need to kind of suspend or yep. you know put yep. to the wayside so all right and one, one one more thing i want to talk about before we talk about the end of the movie um her uber driver who takes her all the way out to the house for her to do her little reconnaissance yeah um how terrified did he have to be like you get this kind of manic woman getting into your car you drive out to this big estate and she's like I need you to wait here. I might be two minutes. I might be 20 minutes. I don't know. But things are and going then, things are going down. <laughs> so th- that's bad enough. And then you, you actually see him in the rear view when she was like, I don't know how much time I have when she was talking to her mm-hmm. sister. Right. He was, then he was like, okay, what did I get myself into? Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm going to give this passenger one star for being terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I that was it was just it was a very interesting scene and I think it's a very modern scene and I don't know if we're going to look back at uh at the invisible man in 2028 and be like, "Oh, that was that's a really dated reference, kind of like Iron Man with MySpace." <laughs> right. And the one thing I did like about it is they kind of subvert the expectations when he's turning around and it takes him forever to turn around. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I'm, I'm wondering if Adrian's going to be able to we're gonna do something and he never does no so i kind of like that because a lot of times a movie will make that mistake and just say okay well we're gonna have him yeah but you needed her to get to you know the house yep and i'm pretty sure the uber driver you know he's an invisible hand punches through the wind i don't think he's going to the house i think he's going to the police after yeah. that so oh absolutely it makes sense and and you know again it, it built that suspense and mm-hmm. like this movie was mud a little more you know, a lot of times these movies are just right on the nose, right? Hollow Man, for example, was right on the nose. Right. Uh, H.E. Wells' original, the the original um, Invisible Man movie, H.E. Uh, Wells' Invisible Man, was right on the nose. This one, it was, it had some nuance to it that I didn't expect. Yeah, it, it has a lot of restraint, which which I I appreciated. And um, while I did not like Get Out uh, very much, I thought it was just a take on the Stepford Wives. Um, it does have a tremendous amount of restraint to the movie that that did let me enjoy some of it. Right. And, yeah, I, w- I wasn't a, a huge fan of some people with Give Out either. I didn't hate it or anything like that. I, yeah, I didn't it hate decent. it. It was just it was OK. Like, I don't think yeah. I like it wasn't a best picture. It should not have never been nominated. Like I like for writing. Sure. Like you adapted Stafford Wives awesomely. Like that was a great take on it. Um mm-hmm. But, all right, let's talk about the end of this movie. So, we find Adrian is alive. Um, and and we, we, we find out Adrian is alive because of Tom. Um, and Tom tipping his hat, hand? Uh, is it tipping his hand? I think that's how you say it. Yeah, t- uh, right, yeah. Tipping his hand to Cecilia. 
and I can't help but wonder, like, if he doesn't, like, let her in on the fact that, you know, it's the two of them working together, does she just, like, go on, like, getting more and more manic because no one believes her that Adrian's alive? Or did that actually, like, give her the proof that she needed to set her resolve to, to end the movie the way it ended? I... I would uh, say say it's it actually she needed that now from one standpoint from Adrian's standpoint he couldn't let her get that manic I don't think just because he wanted the baby but like for her point of view I th- I think that is 100% necessary because you know no matter how how strong you are like first of all she's not all there anyway just based on what she's gone through the last couple years with Adrian and what's been going on through the movie. So she is already fragile. Continually having no one and then seeing her sister, which she may or may not like Mm -hmm. (laughs) murdered before her eyes and then blame for that. And knowing that her, you know, her bow is still out there doing this and nobody believing her. Mm -hmm. She was right on the precipice of just going off the deep end, I think. And then, once Tom said what he said about, you know, there's still a way out of this. That's when she, she found that internal strength that was like really, really being sapped away. Okay. So I absolutely think she needed that to say, you know what? Uh, no, I'm not giving up. No, I'm not giving up. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I think it, it, it definitely helped her. Um, when she goes back to the house, and finds Adrian is alive and Adrian is saying, Tom did it. Tom did it all. Tom captured me. Um, and the police are just eating it up. Right. And she's like, come yeah. on, come on. Tom was an idiot. Tom doesn't know anything. Tom, <laughs> yeah. Tom is a douche. Um, you know, and, and from everything we learned about Tom up until that point, like Tom is not your guy when it comes to, to nefarious planning. Um, no, yeah, absolutely not. He's he's the uh the marionette, if anything. Yeah. He's he's a real boy now. Um <laughs> like like in uh like they say in um Hellboy, the first Hellboy. I see the puppet Matt, but where's the puppet uh, I see the puppet, but where's the puppet master? Yeah, right. Anyway. Um and so she goes back to have dinner with him and the stark difference in her going back to the house to 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 meet with Adrian versus her running away from the house and everything he's put her through to this point it's you know she has a plan going in right and i thought it was kind of and, and this this was purposefully done i believe it was pretty much uh one of those what's the word i'm looking for expected ways of her trying to get him to confess like mm-hmm. hey if we're going to start this you're going to have to tell me the truth about this that you were doing right. all of this like you learn she's and... wearing a wire right then and there and it's like yeah. oh this is going to go bad for her this is this is yeah. not gonna this is not gonna end well like the it's a horror movie right the bad guy's gonna yeah. win um and and it goes the other way yeah and the i one thing i do like about jackson cohen's portrayal here and again, this is like one of the few scenes we actually get him in, like one of the only main scene, I should say, 
is that he, you know, when he's, his hand shakes, it's like, you're the only person that can see, see my handshake. Mm-hmm. And then he, he puts on this air when she's there. And then when she steps out of the room, you could see his face change. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Hatred. I, I mean, that was such, it's such a subtle thing. Yeah. But it, it, it shows the type of person he is. Well, cause he's all, Oh, I'm sorry. It'll never happen again. I, you yeah. know, it wasn't me. That wasn't me. Uh, I'm a different guy. Like, you know, kind of like what we've learned that abusers will do um, through television and news media and, and whatnot. Uh, But for her to, to do him the way she does him was super poetic. And then when she comes back into the room and she sees him standing there or like, you know, bleeding out, it was fantastic. Just her Elizabeth Moss's portrayal of what she was doing was fantastic. And then this, she had the wherewithal to step out of the camera view. Yes. And I was waiting for her to just flip him off. Right. I really wanted her to just give him the middle finger as he was bleeding out on his, you know, $500,000 table <laughs> with steak, pasta and sushi because, you know, that's just what everybody eats. <laughs> Yeah, I I actually love the subtlety of her mm-hmm. just sitting there and, yeah. and studying him like he's you know an insect. She just kind of sits down mm-hmm. and just turns her head to tilts her head to the side and it, just yeah, just wa- like she is looking at him as he dies. She doesn't break eye contact mm-hmm. and just watches him as he bleeds out. And that is about as satisfying an ending for a movie like this as you can get. Absolutely. And then she walks off with the suit into the sunset. Um, which, which I, I did love like the, the little scene between her and James when mm-hmm. he he looks in the bag and sees the suit and Aldous Hodge has this way of doing this horrified like disgusted like surprise face right like what <laughs> did hilarious. you just do what did you do yeah. um anyway all right so I mean that's the movie I for me this is a solid eight out of ten yeah, that's where I had it. I think I think this is one of uh, my my favorite movies I've seen so far this year. Um, I'm I'm excited to watch it again and again. Um, and like I said, The Invisible Man is one of my my favorite movies. There, this movie was has been in development since 2006. Man, um, David S. Goyer was hired to write the screenplay, um, and he was attached to the project through late 2011, um, but nothing happened on the film. Um, in 2016, the project was announced to be revived as part of Universal's uh, Dark Universe with the the cinematic movie monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, in what was it, 2018? Or I'm sorry, 20. Well, yeah, it started no. in 2014 with yeah. uh, Dracula Untold, right, right, which right. I really like that movie, but it it was not a movie to start a franchise. No. It kind of like Man of Steel, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So anyway, in uh in January of 2019, um, Blumhouse sat down with Lee Winnell, um, and it was gonna uh, um Johnny Depp had been attached to star, um, and they had said he had he was not gonna star. In March of 2019, Elizabeth Moss started negotiations negotiations to star, um, and then Storm Reid. Aldous Hodge and Harry Dreyer later joined with um, Oliver Jackson, 
Oliver Jackson set to play the role like way later. Um, like he took he was set to play in January. Principal photography started July 16th of 2019 and ended on September 17th. So it's a relatively like long shoot for what this movie was. It was shot in Sydney. Um, and Lee Winnell has a great story. He says in a quote, it was weird. This film came about in a really random way. It wasn't like I was plugged into some kind of world building. I just finished up upgrade. They called me in for a meeting with some of these universal and Blomhouse execs. I go to the meeting and they didn't really talk about upgrade. I mean, they said they like it and they moved on. So I'm sitting on the couch thinking, what am I here for? What is this meeting about? And they start talking about the Invis- invisible man. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it, it, it just kind of, I feel like once they, they found the story, um, and once they got, um, Elizabeth Moss on board and, and, and like it, this all came together really, really well. Um, so this actually did open February 28th. So right before coronation started, uh, it got pushed up. It was supposed to come out on March 13th. Uh, but in, they moved it up two weeks back in August, you know, before they knew any of this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the first, well, the two movies we're talking about were the first two movies that were um, prematurely released to streaming platforms in response to coronation. Uh, it made, what, what did it say here? So it, its worldwide total was 245 or 124,124.5 million dollars on a seven million dollar budget. Wait a minute. So that's what it made at theaters before it got oh, yeah. pulled out. This movie wow. was doing well. It on its first night, it made eight million or it made almost ten million dollars on on its Thursday release. Or I'm sorry, okay, I'm sorry. On Friday, on the Friday release, that includes one point <laughs> six five million from the Thursday night previews. It did okay. twenty eight point nine million, um, winning the box office its first weekend. Again, this was a February movie. These movies aren't expected to make billions of dollars. You know the right. fact that this movie came out and did uh, did what it did in its first weekend twenty eight point nine. Um, it only lost forty percent, forty six percent of its box office from the second weekend to fifteen point one million. But like the worldwide box office did did well for this, and I imagine because this doesn't have any of the numbers from iTunes or Amazon or Vudu or. Um, you know, any of the other ones out in there. In services. Yeah. So I, I can imagine this movie made a lot of money um, when, mm-hmm. it, when it's all said and done, because anyone who rented this for $20, you know, it was, it was up for rental for weeks for 20 bucks. Yeah. And I, and it was one of the top trending things on iTunes since it just, came that out. That was one of those. And we talked about this. We talked about both of these. I refuse to rent a movie for twenty bucks. Oh, I'm not renting a movie for twenty bucks. But when it was fourteen ninety nine, I did not hesitate to buy it. Oh no, me neither. And I would have bought it. I would have bought it for twenty dollars because I bought bought it for twenty as well. I bought the way back for twenty dollars. I bought Birds of Prey for twenty dollars. I would have absolutely. I would even pay twenty five dollars to get this early. Yeah, and to to be a hundred percent honest. Yeah, and and again, I don't know if that hurt them or not. I don't think it would help them at all as far as from the box, but. You know, it's one of those things that I wonder how many people. I, I would love this. Be curious to see the numbers, the the streaming numbers 
of of things like this just and again this is, would be something we we talk about we've talked about a couple weeks ago in a mm-hmm. podcast just how this type of you know the coronation may or may not affect movies going forward yeah yeah i mean we've talked about this i will say though i would have definitely enjoyed this more in the like getting that initial introduction to the uh to the movie in the theater experience yes absolutely um like but yeah let's see so it's got a 91 percent on rotten tomatoes on 325 reviews that's pretty good um you know rotten tomatoes is not you know the be all end all um the av club gave it a b plus i think that's 100 percent fair uh they praised elizabeth moss um nicholas barber from the bbc gave the far gave the film two out of five stars um and his opinion was the latest remake of the hg wells tales offers a timely feminist spin but it's lacking in the thrills i'm not 100 percent sure what movie he watched I'm I'm not sure at all. And he says at times when the small scale horror movies can be a, uh, can be as stunning as a quiet place and get out a film as perfunctory as the invisible invisible man feels insulting. Uh, I would swap. Uh, in, I would swap. Get out. I, I would swap. Get out. An invisible man in that sentence. Um, yeah. You know, a quiet place is a masterpiece. I love a quiet place. It, it, it It's a masterpiece that, you know, is 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 an amazing film is this on on the same level as a quiet place no is no. is this as good as get out yeah probably a little yeah. bit better will actually, this will this get as much uh you know recognition for get out absolutely no. not but absolutely not. you know we know that I, I think this whole like a timely feminist spin there's nothing we talked about this last week there's nothing overtly feminist about this movie this isn't like no. a rah-rah i'm a woman like this is like my identity in this movie. This is a movie about a person who is finds herself in an extraordinary circumstance and does an extraordinary thing to survive. And absolutely, it it above all above all, uh, Lee Winnell looked at the story as he directed this movie, and that's what we saw is a movie exactly. that puts story first, and that's why I liked it so much. Yeah, absolutely. That's a perfect way to capstone this. All right. Cool. Man, I really want to hunt people. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a a nice history in movies about stuff like this. Uh, I, I told you, I love these kind of movies. Like when they're yeah. like dangerous, most dangerous game things like hunting man. Um, well, I mean, I mean, it's not hunting in a way as a game show, but running man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, predator if you want to say you know hunting men oh yeah <laughs> predator I, I i would put that in there um sorry um you know the the ice t rudger hauer uh surviving the game is yes. a horrible horrible movie that i love to death <laughs> which has one of the greatest endings of man hunting man um ever i have to say uh, but this the hunt. I'm gonna go through the summary for this one again. Um, yeah. Twelve strangers wake up in a clearing. They don't know where they are or how they got there. In the shadow of a dark internet conspiracy theory, ruthless elitists gather at a remote location to hunt humans for sport. But their master plan is about to derail. Be derailed by one of the hunted. Crystal turns the tables on her pursuer. Um. 
Do you watch? Do you watch Glow? Yes, I I I think I I started season two, but I haven't I did, haven't finished it. Did you ever watch Nurse Jackie? No, I have. I did okay. not. I love Betty Gilpin. Betty, Betty Gilpin, Gilpin is amazing. amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, she was perfect in this role. One hundred as, as Crystal Creasy. Um, perfect. One hundred percent perfect. Yeah, it, this was one of those movies that if the main star didn't have the gravitas to carry this it could have been just a clunker of a movie with some funny stuff in it i mean this is a huge cast i mean there are yeah. there, there are a lot of like you know main actors in this and there are some names i mean you have betty gilpin you have hillary swank ike Barinholtz, uh who is hilarious emma roberts emma roberts ethan supley justin, justin hartley Har- uh yeah glenn howerton from from um it's always sunny You've got, you know, and then you've got a bunch of like older actors who, you know, they they threw in there and, you know, you haven't seen in a while. And it was right. like Amy Madigan as Ma in, from Mom Pop, the gas station. Like, I love Amy Madigan. She's always great. Uh, I was excited to see her show up. And, and yeah, this was one of the things I love. Like we were talking about the Invisible Man's intro, like with this movie's intro. I mean, after the whole text message thing, we're they actually wake up and it starts with Emma Roberts on the plane where you see her on the plane and then you see her wake up and you're thinking, okay. And again, if you don't know the story, but it, it, it's kind of like that uh, throwing the wool over your eyes as she's the main character. Right. So this was very much, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to compare this a lot to scream. Um, to what? Scream. Okay. So the movie Scream. This is this is very much a the, okay. One. This is a one hundred percent satirical movie. Like this oh, movie absolutely. is hilarious. It is it is so funny. And, and I actually laughed harder the second time I watched. It oh yeah. Than I did the first time. I mean, so many people got triggered by the the sheer idea of this movie because the whole idea that liberal elitists are hunting. Um, <laughs> hunting conservative social media pundits or people who are, are, are writing on social media about, yeah. you know, things. Hilarious. Hilarious. Now, now I will, I will say this about it. it. It, I did not like the first trailer when I first, when it first came out, like it, it didn't convey the, the, the depth of the, not the depth, but kind of like the, the idea of the movie enough for me. And then the second trailer did exactly what the mm-hmm. first trailer should have done. Right. And the second, when I saw the second, because when I saw the first trailer, I'm like, okay, I'm not interested in this at all. It's going to be, and again, I if, if I'd have the thought about Blumhouse itself, I might have been in Happy Death Day, movies like that, I might have been a little bit more interested. Yeah. But then when I saw the second trailer, I said, okay, you know what? <laughs> I actually might like this movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, this was directed by Craig Zobel. Um, he directed a really good movie called Z for Zachariah. With yeah. um, Margot Kitty and or Margot Margot Kitty Margot Kitty <laughs> Margot Robbie and Chuetel Etchafor and Chris Pine. Um, if you guys haven't seen that, that's what we're checking out. I still need to finish that movie. He directed uh, a couple episodes of Left Worlds. He directed Akinino Mai, um, the Amer- West World. He, he direct- yeah, um, he directed a episode of American Gods. Yep, he did the Leftovers, the Hunt, um, One Dollar, which was a TV series where he did ten episodes. I don't, I don't know anything about that. Um, he did a bunch of Iggy Pop video shorts and things like that. Uh, he did some Homestar Runner. So right there, I was like, sweet. 
um i don't know if you remember homestar runner but no i don't remember it that. was it was a flash animation website back in the mid to late 90s through early 2000s that was <laughs> just a lot of fun and satirical and stupid but yeah um to get back to your point though um one emma roberts character is named yoga pants um <laughs> so I, I when when she gets shot in the head when she's the first one to go down i was shocked i was 100 well, percent shocked oh hold on how about this it's like that bullet almost hit me mm-hmm. and then you hear the right. crack and you're like right before her head explodes you're like right. oh well dope <laughs> Um, and Justin Hartley again, like I thought, oh man, Justin Hartley's going to be around for a while. Like he's a big name. You know, he's, he's got some action chops and yeah. Right. Um, and then Ike Barinholtz who was featured heavily in the preview. Yeah. (laughs) You you would think, um, you know, Moses there was going to be sticking around for a while. And, you know, other than the fact that Betty Gilpin is the face on the poster, um, as far as the box art goes on iTunes, I would have had no like I would I would have not thought that she would have been the one that they put this movie on her shoulders and you know let her run with it. Well, well, because other than uh, yoga pants, I remember Robert seeing her in the very beginning of them mm-hmm. waking up. You don't see yeah. her for what the first twenty minutes of the movie, right? Well, because she yeah okay. So one, she takes off. She figures out which way is north. So yeah. Which uh, I'm sitting there watching, and she's taking taking her name tag apart, and it's like, oh, she's about to magnetize that uh, when she gets the static electricity in her hair. Uh, something I learned in Boy Scouts, and so I thought that was really cool, and I was like, all right, I can't wait to see what she does. And then, like you said, we don't see her for 20 more minutes. Um, did you get the Hunger Games vibe at all with the? Box? I got a little bit. You yeah. Know? I thought that was great. Um, Orwell the pig <laughs> comes running out. Um, you know, I I thought I I will say I I I felt like the one thing I I kind of didn't like about this is they just wiped so many people out like right away, so fast, so fast. And it's like, all right, yeah. like give us a little more. But what about the the poor girl who who fell in the hole? <laughs> Only for for um, big game Shane to pull her out, and then they Your step on a landmine, and, and she goes right yeah. back into the the spiked hole, the the, the, the tiger trap. Um, <laughs> that poor girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like the humor in in the violence in this movie is is top notch. She's like, I'm I'm okay. Just help me up. <laughs> Yeah, and then she, then she went from that to yeah. shoot me, shoot, shoot me. He's <laughs> like, "Give me the gun, you snowflake." Yeah. <laughs> well, that's where you learn. Like, I felt like that's where you really learn. Like, oh wait, these people have a, a a total. And you know, I mean, knowing what we know, it's like, okay, this these people all have an agenda, and their their agendas are all very very different. Um, yeah, like I said, this is very, very fun. I, I like the fact that we didn't see Hillary Swank until the very end of this movie, too. Um, yeah. We just hear her voice. Uh, I, I purposely did not go through, like, the IMDb or anything. Uh, I had no idea she was in this movie because I didn't really look at who was in it. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, it it's one of those things where it's like, wow, this this 
this is not a special movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it is definitely a well thought it's, out, fun satire yeah. that it's, it's that we got from Damon Lindelof and and Jason Blum and Nick Cuse. Yeah, it's like a ninety minute version of Mad Magazine. Yeah, focusing on one topic. Oh yeah, this is Spy versus Spy. Yeah, <laughs> if you look at if you look at uh, you know, uh, Hillary Swank's character uh, versus um, Betty Gilpin's character. Uh, what is it? It's Athena versus Crystal. <laughs> yeah, Athena, goddess of the hunt. Yep. Well, yeah. So and this all. So- I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was about to say, and, and I was just going to talk a little bit more about like that. I really, for a movie like this to have such fun and good action sequences as it does was probably the most surprising thing for me. Um, and, and again, the, the best part of this movie is definitely crystal, which i like how we get, we get fed her piecemeal and just, she's one of those she doesn't like talking right because it's a waste of time right <laughs> as uh ethan supply slash shut the fuck up gary realized right <laughs> which is actually his name in uh, IMDb. that's his yeah that's his that's his name uh in the credits um yeah yeah so i i liked i liked how we learned a little bit about her here and there um like when she goes into to mom mom pops uh girl gas station and she asks for cigarettes and and they charge her and then she realizes right then and there who they are because she knows how much cigarettes cost in arkansas um and these people are charging new york city prices so yeah (laughs) that was really funny um yeah i i'd like to actually like i want to talk about the gas station for a second because we get um vanilla nice big red and uh staten island Ike Barinholtz, um, Sturgill Simpson, and Kate Nolan getting into the getting finding cover, and Ike Barinholtz is like, "I have seven guns." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> "Oh my god, I have seven guns exactly for a situation like this." Where are we? And and you know all of that, um, and then you know Big Red starts eating food and and vanilla's like oh let me have one she's like get your own and then immediately dies <laughs> yeah and um, it was fun. like have you ever watched the good place oh i love the good place so i couldn't help but think of jason when i was seeing orlando dude right <laughs> right i kept waiting I, waiting for him to you know go be like go jaguars <laughs> blake portals is awesome blake portals <laughs> But, um, but yeah, and and so I thought that was a really fun scene that took a great beat. It was a nice beat to take in between like the massacre at the box, and yeah. into introducing Crystal as the person we were going to follow for the rest of the film. Yeah, and and this is important with Crystal. I was I was kind of concerned at first, and again, this is the how the movie just kind of slowly gives. In tidbits about her i didn't I, I don't think it was until she notices the uh tripwire on the car where i say okay she must have been in the military yeah or something like a cop or yeah. cia you know she's got she has training 
and yeah. which makes her her reveal or her, the twist in her character at the end so so juicy, um, which we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, the grilled but, cheese speech. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and then you get Ethan Suple showing up with a, with a machine gun, taking out the drone. Um, and he's all proud of himself, and she's like, "Dummy, now they know where we are." Well, they can't see us. Uh, well, they don't need to see you now that they know where you are. Right. <laughs> yep. So, um, the the whole hopping, riding the rails. And he was, and I have to say, he was great. Is when they're on the train, mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, come on, these are crisis actors." Crisis actors. Like I talk, yeah, <laughs> like talking about his podcast. Yep. So. It made me think, like, would that be Daryl <laughs> yelling about the meat no. crisis actors? Since you're so right wing, um, <laughs> no, I'd be, uh, I'd probably be Crystal. Honestly. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> With all your military training. No, but I have a particular set of skills, though. Yes, you do, and you know it's <laughs> cleaning up the catheter that your cat took out. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Hey, don't make me bring my machete into this. Oh, okay. and yes, I do have a machete. Yeah, and you walk around and you go machete, <laughs> and you named it Martha for some reason. That's so weird. Um, <laughs> but no, so the crisis actors thing, and I, I did like when when the the Chechenian uh, police, military, whatever, stopped them, and and they're taking the refugees off the plane, and the one guy's like. Come on, just be cool and we'll get out of this and I'll even give you a head start. And then the guy comes back over and he immediately starts talking, speaking Arabic again. Um, you know, and and it's like, "Oh, wow. Like these people do not want to get caught or there there's something there's something else going on here." Um and so like it was just a nice layer, you know. Yeah. And- uh, no, we'll, we'll probably get to this a little bit later. Kind of like the flashbacks we get with the the whole elites, which is, is yeah. hilarious. And how, how their know, lives got cool. ruined because of elite text text message. Yeah, and it is just and again one of the things that I, I, I mentioned before. I love this movie is just because it makes fun of the left and right and how oh. once you get an idea in your head, right. no matter if you get the proof that it's a joke or you get the proof that it's just wrong. Uh, people still hold on to that fact that I'm right. And mm-hmm. Hillary Athena says that, like, during, and we'll talk more about the grilled cheese speech, but she said that she's like, the difference between me and you is I'm right. Right, right, right. And that is like a perfect, perfect, like, micro, that's a microcosm of like all the lunacy that goes on with politics and people like not being able to converse with the other side right. in an intelligent Well, manner. I mean, you, you brought up before we started recording, you, you compared this to something. Um, and I thought that was a really good comparison. What's that? You forgot what you compared this to already? What did I compare it to? You compared it to South Park and Family Guy. Oh, How yeah. There yeah. is an equal opportunity offender. Like, there there's, there's no political agenda in this movie. Again, hearkening back to last week or a couple weeks ago. There's no there's no political agenda in this film. The the whole point of this movie is to make you laugh. Plain and simple. Yeah, and 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 it's and again, it's that's how Mad Magazine was as well. Like I, in the sense of the the one thing it is 
and that's how that's how comedy should be. Comedy shouldn't be about picking sides like you see a lot of the you know late night talk shows are now. You know they make fun of the right side, but they re- they rarely make fun of the left. It should be about you know what digging into everybody. Yeah, comedy is comedy, dude. Like yeah, and and you know like Jimmy Fallon right now is in trouble. Uh, I don't know if For you saw he this. Did twenty years ago. Twenty years ago, and I don't I don't know if you saw Jamie Foxx's response. No. Um, so he came out and he was like, that's not blackface. He was doing an impression. He was doing an impression of Chris Rock in 2000. He, it wasn't yeah, just, he was all made up. He was in a costume. He does a fantastic Chris Rock impersonation. That's what he was doing on the show. And then Jamie Foxx went on to talk about how when he was on In Living Color, they all dressed up as all different races and creeds. And it wasn't blackface or yellowface or whiteface or whatever. It was impressions. And, you know, I think that's a, an important distinction to make because mm-hmm. in this, like, they're not they're not making fun of liberals only. They're not making fun of conservatives only. Um, what in the text, what they call the, the president was the rat fucker in chief or whatever yeah. <laughs> um, was was hilarious. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what like that side says. And then. When you have Gary, uh, shut the fuck Gary, run around calling people crisis actors. Guess what? Yeah. That's what that side says, and it's funny. Like when you're in the, when you can look at both sides objectively, it's yeah. funny. It's funny because they're all idiots, <laughs> plain and simple. Yeah, and 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 again, like just because, and that's just because I believe X, Y, or Z doesn't mean I can't laugh when somebody makes fun of it. But nowadays, people have that idea that, hey, because like, cause when they were in the bunker, the gang, where it was like, mm-hmm. where, where they were making jokes about AIDS, and the one guy was like, you can't joke about AIDS. You can't joke about pro-choice. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, it was like, you can't do this, you can't do that. Or um, mom pop with the, when, when he goes and gets the soda, and she goes, don't drink that, yeah. it's poison. He's like, you got the soda too? And she goes, no, it's full of sugar. Like, the, yeah. it's like, oh, okay. Or, or when he said the black, or we said yeah. blacks, he's like, yeah. oh, we, we can use that now. They don't care. She, she's like, you have to say African Americans. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not all from Africa. You know what I mean? It's like, Which I, I honestly can't stand that term, but yeah. that's me. Yeah, well, you know, I mean. You, you're, you're. I guess you're allowed to have an opinion on that, whereas, like, you know, I am not. Well, no, um, I, and see that, <laughs> and I will say though, I will say before we get too deep. No, I don't care if you're not this or that. You can have an opinion on something, even if you're not from that group. Right. No, I agree. So I, I understand. But agree. like getting back so. to the movie, yeah. <laughs> the, where, like, where do you, do we want to go to the? Uh, the quote-unquote draft scene. No, yet, the draft scene wanna... is is fantastic, and this is the perfect segue into the draft scene. <laughs> The so the funny thing is one of the first things uh, like I I saw was like okay it's interesting that you know they don't have any black people in mm-hmm. the in the actual hunt right. itself like as being hunted and we see why in in this draft scene where 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 the uh, I, I don't even know his name he was he played the uh, the UN guy mm-hmm. and oh, he brings um, up yeah. Was it, no, he brings up a talk. picture of this this black guy in a cowboy hat, and everybody in the room goes, "Oh, we can't do that." <laughs> yep, that was pretty funny. I mean, that I mean but, that was legitimately hilarious when when they were yeah. when they were going through the drafting scene, and you know, um, and they had to be like, "Remember, we can't pick everybody." 
Yeah. And then the one, and he, he, he mentions to the guy, I think it was Martin, he was like, is that a kimono? That's appropriation. <laughs> and so he says unironically. Right. So funny. So, so funny. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, like I said, this, this movie... This movie. Okay, let's let's go to the let's just hop ahead. So she she wipes out everybody in the bunker, and yeah, uh, including the National Guard uh, consultant. Right, the National Guard consultant, and he's like, "Oh, you have training." And she's like, "Yeah, I was at in Afghanistan and something else." And um, and he's like, "Oh, you were in the shit," and he's like, "Well, I'm in the shit now." And she's like, "Eh, yeah. are you?" <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "Thank you for your service." Yep. And, and then, then pops him. Yeah. And that scene, and, and it kind of gives you an idea of there's some def, definite trauma going on with Crystal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because when, when she's sitting down talking, like, she, when she says, you know, she has to go for her, and then she's, she doesn't finish her, sen- her own sentences, and mm-hmm. then you see, you know, tears coming out of her eyes. Kind of, she it's almost like she was reliving stuff yep. that happened in the past. Yeah, and and I thought it was again like in this. I, I I'm finding this is just a Jason Blom thing. It was the restraint not to like do a flashback to show some weird thing about her, or like mm-hmm. a little bit of her backstory. Like it lets us kind of fill in in our imaginations what's happening. Right. Um. Yes. You know. Uh. Yeah. It's so. She she does that. He tells her that Athena will wipe the floor with her. She's been training for eight months. Um, ooh, eight months. Ooh, eight whole months. And yeah, they kind of like you know she she does what she she has to do, and you know oh Athena tricks her into killing Don, um, <laughs> her her accomplice, uh, one of the other hunted. Do you think Don was part of the group? Like, which group do you think Don was a part of? I, I like when I first saw it. I was like, I, I definitely think he was part of Athena's group. But watching it again, I actually don't really think he was. No, I I think if he – so if he was – so he raised the gun to her before she shot him, like, right? Before she did, right. the, she did the quick draw. So my, my, my thought process in that was he's a he's – a, he's a man. You know, he's a uh, – um, he, you know, he, he yeah, he because he has, tells her, "Give me the keys, I'm yeah, gonna drive." Right. He certainly has then, like thoughts, and I, I think he knew that she could kill him, and mm-hmm. he was like, "Okay, I have to protect myself," and she just was able to get him first. Yeah, but I don't think he was part of the elitist. No, because I think if he was, he would have shot first. He I don't think he would have hesitated. Yeah, he would have. Yeah. He'd been like, "Hey, Greedo." But that also plays into not just how Athena does a good job manipulating the situation, but also think about it, the shootout. Like, Crystal is still in that, you know, kill first, like, mm-hmm. that, you know, survive mode. Yeah. So she's probably not, you know, thinking as critically as she could because, hey, if I make a mistake, I'm dead, and right. I can't afford that. And she skipped the shootout, you know? Yeah. She she didn't even bother with it. She went off and, and did her own thing. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, it is. Uh, it's good. This this was this was good stuff. Um. Okay. So then she makes her way up to the house, where Athena's just hanging out, making food, doing her thing, being Athena. 
Yeah, making the grilled cheese. Um, evidently, you don't use cheddar, or no. I use American. You use uh, Gruyere. Do you use American, you or do you do like the Kraft singles? <laughs> well, I use the the American, um, usually Kroger. Although I use use, <laughs> use the Kraft singles. Uh, I'll do this cheddar um, Tillamook. Yeah, usually. Okay. I love Tillamook cheese. I really like Havarti in a grilled cheese. That's not bad either. Yeah, in Swiss, um, um, Havarti, a um, couple slices of Havarti and a couple slices of Swiss, and I'm good to go. Oh, now I want a grilled um, cheese. I know, me too. <laughs> I had a Reuben last night. It was so good. Oh my god, I can't remember the last time I had a Reuben. Um, because we went out to a restaurant. <gasps> oh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, it was great. We walked right in. <laughs> we sat down. We ate. It was. It was oh, absolutely. It was fantastic to not be in my house eating a meal. Um. <laughs> Anyway, so she, so Athena's kind of given her the whole like lowdown of what's going on, and then and why she picked her, why she picked her, and and why did you call me Snowball, and um, and it turns out she's the wrong Crystal, and I love how she like Crystal just listens, and you watch her face, and like when uh you know Athena's so arrogantly going over all this stuff, like your mother did this, your your dad was a uh, you know a drug meth, addict, meth this, meth that. <laughs> And then Crystal's like, I, you know, I didn't want to interrupt your little grilled cheese speech, but you got the wrong Crystal. <laughs> like, you done fucked up. <laughs> and, I, that was and, like her tagline in that, because she said it a couple she times. She said it a couple she times. She said that to a ma before yep. she um, blew her up. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, I just love that. Athena refused to believe her, too. And that and that's the point I was talking about earlier. When somebody gets something in their head, you can show them all the proof in the world. A lot of sometimes they're just not. It doesn't matter. They're going to still believe what they believe. And those are people I, I just don't mm-hmm. engage with. It right. doesn't matter about right, right, right. movies, the politics, video games, religion, whatever it is. If if they're and you can usually tell if they're that type of person, I'm just like, okay, we, we don't have to have this conversation then because it's it's a waste of my time. Right. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I think you have to be open to conversation. And, and this movie yeah. is one of those things where, like, if you are so far up your own butt that something like a movie is going to make you mad or yeah. whatever, then don't watch it. Snowflake. <laughs> See, I don't even think that's it. I, I think it's just, you know, Lighten no, up. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just, that, I was actually doing that yeah. just kind of yeah, like yeah. sarcastically. Oh, I know. But uh, the fight between the two of them was brutal. Man. It was brutal. How fun was that fight? Like they used everything that was... in that, in that house. Um, My favorite Although... part, my favorite, favorite part of the fight was when Crystal was about to throw Athena through the door and Athena stops. She goes, she goes, hold on. It's unlocked and opens the door. <laughs> yeah, she was like, no more windows. <laughs> It was the, like, oh my god, parts, this is so funny. Although she made a great save on that wine, man. Yeah, that was some NFL receiver type hands right, right there. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a very rare bottle of uh, champagne, and so was it like nineteen oh seven or something, something like that? like that. It was there were only three bottles left, and you know, it was hundreds of thousands of dollars a bottle. So, but yeah, that fight and that choreography for the most part was. I mean, it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, just using pots and pans, throwing, you know, throwing the, uh, 
like the the uh, wireless speaker. <laughs> right. I mean, they use everything in the book. The wooden, oh, the little like the wooden one, hanging only, lights. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> the one part that kind of like got me like school. It wasn't squeamish, but I was like, oh, is when she trapped her uh, forearm into the gun. <gasps> oh yeah, I thought she was gonna like rip out like some skin, which she didn't. Which was yeah. like, I was like, again, thank you, restraint. Um, right. So. Although they didn't do the restraint with the eyeball earlier with the heel and the eyeball. No, they, they they did not. But that's okay because, like, you did have to show a little bit of gore with all of this. Um, oh, they showed a lot of gore in this. Yeah. So a lot of, lot of slit much, throats. But to your point. Of, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. But to your point, they didn't show it as much as they could have. They, could, mm-hmm. they definitely could have gone overboard with yep. the violence. Yep, yep, or yep. with the gore, I should yep. say. The violence so. was overboard in a good way i mean like we're talking like saw right versus saw three right saw three saw is there's actually not a whole lot of gore it's mostly imagined like because again it's very hitchcockian whereas saw three just goes full torture porn and you it's funny you said that because saw three i stopped watching halfway in because i'm like i don't want to watch this torture porn that was the last that was the last movie i watched yeah, and that's Saw exactly what I that's, movies. that's exactly why I stopped watching them. Like, I don't want to, you know, I, I like violence as much as the next guy, but like torture porn is not. I don't like that. Like hostile, like I've watched. No, I, I watch. Wa- I watched both hostile movies, and I still don't know why. Um, I watched the first Human Centipede movie, but I fast forwarded through most of it because uh, it was disgusting. No, I, there's no way I could watch it. I would watch that movie. No way. Uh-uh. So, like, I I almost threw up at one point. Um. Anyway, oh god, I'm I'm about to throw up just thinking about this. Getting thing. back, yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> a little off tangent, but get, getting back to to the hunt. Um. So, she she sticks her with a thermometer, and then the the blade of a of a food processor, right? Okay, yeah, that's what that was. I was trying to figure out what that was. And I did not realize. I thought she stuck the food processor blade in her shoulder, and she got her with the the thermometer in the stomach. Until, yeah, it was the other way around. Yeah, which but the it, first time I saw it, I thought it was the way you just said. Okay, so, yeah, like, I don't know if that was, like, a mistake where they're like, oh, wait, no, it, it's better if it's here, but let's not reshoot that scene. Let's just do this. Um, which I'm okay with too, um, <laughs> but when when she she sticks her and she's like, "Hi, I got you," and then she's like, "Bring it in for a hug." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, she doesn't say "bring it in for a hug," yeah. but then I mean, she she just gets her, and you know, and then you know, Crystal being the badass that she is, she lays there for a second, she gets up, she cauterizes the wound. Oh, and we can't go oh. without talking about their conversation while like yeah they're quote-unquote dying yeah is like why do you call me snowball and oh yeah which is uh george orwell he was racist mm. or he's a bigot and she's like but snowball was an idealist yeah and then she was like you've read uh animal farm yeah and it was kind of like that moment where you know you sometimes like someone on the opposite side and you see that they have you know they're not a mom mm-hmm yeah, like you have actually more in common than what you really think. Yeah. And that was like the last. She's like, and then, well, then she, I think she asked her about, um, and was, were, were you the one that, were you like the real crystal or whatever that we were looking for? And she's like, yeah. nope. Yeah. And well, then she's like, huh. 
and then she then Athena's dies. Mm-hmm. And I thought for a second that for a second I thought Crystal was gonna die, and I'm like, man, don't do this. Yeah. No, she gets she gets back up. She cauterizes the wound. She goes around. She picks out a fancy dress. She gets some jewelry. She does her hair. And she wore the hell out of that dress Ooh, too. By the way, Betty Betty Gilpin, thank you, just thank you for for being you, man. Um, and uh, beautiful and, yeah. and a badass. Oh, yeah. that's just like, dude, she is great on Glow. If you guys haven't watched Glow, I know we've yeah, talked about it on on this podcast a few times over the years. Like, it's well worth checking out. It is it is mm-hmm. so good. Um. Plus, if you like Allison Brie, you know she's she's really good in Glow as well. Um, but yeah, and so she gets on the plane, and she's actually nice to the to the flight attendant. Which who who by the look of her face, she wasn't sure how to take it at first. Right. Yeah, she's like, um. So, one, do you think they'll do a sequel? I. Like, do you think I, Crystal will put together a group of conservatives and go on liberal? I think that liberals? would be. Like I think funny when you're be. talking about one of the things you just you've talked about a couple times is restraint. Yeah, I think that would go a little bit overboard. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it was so much. This is one of those movies that it's so fun. I wouldn't mind a sequel, but at the same time, I hope they leave it as is. So in that regard, I don't think they. Well, I didn't think they were going to do a sequel to Happy Death Day either, and I did enjoy oh, the second. Happy one. Happy Death Day to you is great. It, I didn't it like was, it the first time I saw it, yeah. but the second time I watched it, I was like, okay, I actually it, like this. The, the twist was so good. Um, yeah. You know, I, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, all right, so just kind of notes on this one. It was a $14 million budget, and its box office only did $6.5 million. Um, Keep in mind, this was right before coronation, like even closer than the um, – the Invisible Man. Invisible Man. Um. So yeah, but it went. It went on. It debuted to five point three million, finishing fifth. I don't think this was expected to be a huge movie anyway. But the noteworthy thing about its opening weekend, it is the lowest combined grossing total since October nineteen ninety eight, when all films only totaled fifty five point three million. Um. In large part to societal restrictions and regulations due to coronation. Um. So yeah, uh, yeah. This came out alongside uh, Bloodshot and I Still Believe, um, in theaters. Yeah, and again, it's one of those things that this is a movie that, again, I, uh, as, as far as a movie goes, Invisible Man better. But I could, and again, partially because it's only ninety minutes long, I perfect, can see myself watching this length for this movie. I'll, yeah, I'll definitely watch this, this a few times. Yeah, I, I I can see watching this movie just yeah, and I don't have anything to do. Yeah. I want some I want some fun. I want some action. I want some something to laugh at. Let me throw this on. Let me I'm throw working, on the hunt. I'm working. I'll put. Excuse me. I'm working. I'll put something on in the background. So, um, so the original initial reactions to this movie were pretty negative. Um, people were expressed discomfort with the politics, um, which Universal apparently did not foresee as an issue, um. Although other studios had passed on the script for that very reason, which I don't get that. How how could you not see some people knowing people? I don't know. I I don't get that. So how would you not expect that? I I, I don't know. But then um, some outlets have indicated that the test screenings resulted in negative audience feedback, but the film has been very well received and tallied as one of the highest test scores 
for an original Blumhouse film. So, like, I, I don't know. It says, additionally, no audience members in attendance at test screenings expressed discomfort with any political discussion in the film. While the reports also say The Hunt uh, was formerly titled Red State versus Blue State, that was never the working title for the film at any point throughout the development of the process and not appear and doesn't appear in status report under that name. Um, I feel like there is a reporter who had an agenda who probably was covering this and mm-hmm. tried to make a bigger deal out of, you know, what what was happening. I, I think the fact that that Donald Trump tweeted about this without mm-hmm. naming the movie, um, deeming liberal Hollywood as uh, racist at the highest level. And the movie coming out is made in order to inflame and cause chaos. They create their own violence and then try to blame others. Dude, this movie is fucking hilarious. Yeah. And if you're so sorry, go ahead. And I will say to your point about somebody who wrote that having an agenda. Again, this happens a lot with on, especially online and social media. And there's a definite problem with social media with this, but I had, I usually don't pay attention to this stuff. I will say that what there was an article about Punisher season two, where they kind of talked about, you know, the, you know, the, how, how this alt-right group was a part of the, you Mm -hmm. know, season two and all this, that, and the other. And I watch it. And again, season two was not, I didn't love season two at all. I couldn't get past the first episode. I just did not care for it. It it was not there. Like it was barely there, but like the article that was talking about it acted like this was a major part of it. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, that's where like reporting nowadays, whether it be entertainment or anything, you just have to watch out because yeah. there are people with, you know, just like Captain America said, people with agendas. Yeah, you know, had to, you know, it's been a couple of podcasts since I mentioned my boy Cap. So yeah. hail Hydra. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think if if you if you're not able to have a sense of humor, like why, why not? Like, don't stop taking life so seriously. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, this one, as far as the movie theater experience that I missed, I missed sitting in to see the reactions of the crowd, to see who was getting this mad, is- who thought this was funny. I feel like the the right-minded people would have gone to see this in the theater and would have had our reaction to this by laughing yes. and having a good time. And there definitely would have been someone in there who was pissed off yelling at the screen. On both on on both sides. Yeah, just something. You know? I yeah, I don't I don't I wasn't gonna like. Oh no, I mean I'm yeah, just but, saying. Like, yeah, I, no, you're right. Knowing both people. Sides. Yeah, but and I, I feel I like this would have been a really fun movie to see in the theater. Yeah, I think with the right crowd, this would have been amazing to yeah, see in the theater. Right. So, Absolutely. I don't know. I think uh, for me, it's a solid seven, seven out of ten. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, is it a perfect movie? No, it's a fun movie. And that's, that's really what I wanted out of it. It was well worth the $15 I paid for it. Well worth it. Cause I'll, no, I'll get enjoyment out of this movie for, for years to come. Yeah. And, but yeah, both of these movies for different reasons mm-hmm. are like some of the better purchases that, you know, movie oh, yeah. purchases that I've had recently. So, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, like, of the of the movies I I've done the the early purchase for, um, mm-hmm. the way back is probably my favorite. Uh, the Ben Affleck basketball movie, um, yeah. 
probably then Invisible Man, then The Hunt, and then Birds of Prey in that order because I think those are the only four that I've done. Okay, I still haven't so. uh, taken the plunge on Birds of Prey yet. Um, have you ever taken acid? No. Okay, well, watch Birds of Prey, and I imagine it's the same experience. <laughs> so. Anyway, all right, we've been going for 90 minutes, so let's wrap this up. Um, dude, Blumhouse, thank you for putting out some really fun movies in during Coronacation, giving us uh, some escapism, giving us some stuff to talk about, Potter for the podcast, and uh, yeah. Any last words? Yeah. That, uh, no, just like, if they keep on making movies like this, <laughs> they're, they're, they're on the other side of a 24. Yep. Like a 24 makes a lot of really good low budget movies mm-hmm. that are just like really strong movies. And, you know, Blumhouse is in that same boat. I mean, obviously different, usually generally different types of movies, although they have their horror too, but just, yeah. just, you know, they're, they're keep, you know, they're not hitting like home runs all the time, but they're doing a, a shit ton of doubles and triples and very, they, they don't strike out a, a lot. No, no, I don't. I, I mean, mean they, have, they have some they have some bad you yeah. know, outings. They have some some K's up there, but they're hitting a lot of doubles and triples. Yeah. I mean, they're they're nice they're the, thrown in their their on base percentage is high. You know, they're very high. They, they they yeah. they also have a, a nice like RBI percentage here. So, yeah. All Man, right. This is making me miss baseball, dude. I'm never ever gonna miss <laughs> baseball ever again since 1994. Anyway, um, <laughs> steroids saved your goddamn sport. Anywho, that's for another time. Can't <laughs> listen to your point of view right now. That's I, for I that's for a completely different type of podcast. <laughs> All right. On that note, thank you guys for listening. Thank you to our uh, our patron Julian uh, at the Infamite level. If you guys want to help support the show infamouspodcast.com slash patreon if you guys want to help the show infamous.com slash cbs and sign up for your free week of cbs all access and uh go enjoy um some some good star trek there's a ton out there uh oh and and just uh for julian since he he's such a great supporter of the show check out his new show uh a strange new pod uh where they're fake focusing on the upcoming A Strange New World series coming to CBS All Access, which you can go sign up for. Uh, you like how we tied that all together? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, any last words? None. All Just right. enjoy the day, and if you get a chance, check both of these movies out. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week. See ya. Bye. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, with new episodes out every Sunday. You can find more information about the show online at infamouspodcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Infamous Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcasting app. If you're enjoying the show, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash infamouspodcast for our new tiers and rewards. The Infamous Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Brian Tudor, with music provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. You can find me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Brian Tudor. So, whenever you're listening to the show, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Later.